Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers denver bronco fans fans of the nfl shield everybody in between far and wide welcome in to episode number 99 of the talking the line podcast and thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful august 10th 2020 one. Now, before we talk everything Denver Broncos, I know you saw the title and plenty of other things on today's show. Please take a few moments before we go any further to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the Talking the Line podcast on. If you are watching on YouTube, you might as well hit that little notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional TTL crew content dropping. In addition, if you got a couple extra seconds, you could be so kind, you could find it in your heart hit that like button, leave us a comment, leave us a rating, jump in the live chat if you are watching today's live show. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do, and it only helps us make TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, but certainly not least, as always, head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the Talking the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will locate all of the TTL Crew's social platforms, the TalkingTheLine.com website, and all of our additional content so you can consume it however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful gambling people, and everybody in between, once again, thank you so much for joining us on episode number 99. I am your humble host, Colton, Colt45 Soroka, and it is my pleasure to get things started here today on another loaded NFL Special Edition, the 10th installment of these NFL Special Editions. And we actually got some updates to talk about in regards to that as well. We got some updates to talk about in regards to the Daily Show, in regards to some stuff for tomorrow's show. But I keep saying we. I need some help talking about all these things, and I need some help so I don't run out of air and I get some opportunities to get some high-quality H2O in my system. Now, who is that man? Well, he's the one sitting to my left, a young man who is thrilled that his White Sox are coming off an absolute drubbing 
of the Minnesota Twins yesterday evening, and looks like another one is on tap tonight. Me personally, a little bit worried about my Chicago Cubbies, but that's neither here nor there. Let's bring in the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley, R. Max Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, as you mentioned, I cannot be uh, too much better about my White Sox, or in general for that matter. Uh, no complaints over here, as per usual. I'm ready to get dove into the old Denver Broncos here. And as you mentioned, episode 99 today, number 100 tomorrow. Milestones, all the same. I am excited today and tomorrow and beyond, as we're going to talk about later on the show. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, man, I got nothing to worry about over here. Hey, well, that sounds good because no complaints <laughs> on this side of the table either. Uh, yes, you did mention milestones coming right around the corner tomorrow, episode number 100. We do have some updates to talk about in regards to just tomorrow's show, as well as some of the updates for the Daily Show. So over the course of the next few weeks, you guys are going to see some changes. Some stuff's going to uh, kind of be a little different because we are coming up quick, fast, and in a hurry on the college football season and the NFL season. And if you don't know by now, we are absolute fiends for the both of them. So that being said, we want to make sure we uh, bring you our best bets and analysis when that time rolls around. So we have kind of configured the next couple weeks here. And uh, everything looks to be good on the horizon. We also have uh, another little teaser for you. Some additional content coming out, uh, looks like, by the end of this month. But we'll talk about all of that at the end of today's show. Once we get through the season preview for the Denver Broncos, we'll give you all of those updates and everything in between. But real quick, before we uh, dive in to the aforementioned Denver Broncos and talk everything for their 2021 season, reminder of a couple quick things. First things first, even though we're not dishing out best bets every single day on the show right now for the time being, it's just not business as usual, but we're still sports betting analysts at the end of the day, and we're still cashing tickets the last time I checked. So if you uh, still want our best bets, you want uh, everything in between in regards to uh, the MLB, the daily MLB slates, because that's pretty much everything there is to bet on right now. You can follow us on the Action app for all of our daily picks. You can follow me at cash underscore with underscore Colt. Follow Riley at RMAGS in all caps. And then uh, you can also visit the TalkingTheLine.com website. You can click on the Today's Best Bets tab, navigate on around that bad boy. Then check out the live lines and odds as well. You'll be able to uh, see live odds tables right before your eyes. And then, hey, while you're there, you might as well peruse some of the other tabs and check out the pristine TalkingTheLine.com website. Uh, done by yours truly. Not uh, host Colton. That's website designer mm -hmm. Colton. Mm -hmm. But all that being said, I'll give you some additional reminders at the end of the show. But let's get into the real reason why you guys stop by episode number 99. We'll talk about everything later. Right now, it's time to get into today's team of the day. Cut all the nonsense. Cut all the banter. Bring them up live and in prime time. The Denver Broncos. Oh, that was wrong. The Denver Broncos. There you go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you guys, partner, there is an awful lot to talk about with this team, much as there is to talk about with every dog on team sure in the is. NFL. With this one, we are going to focus specifically a lot on the coaching staff and some of the adjustments that they need to make but might not make 
We'll also fo focus on uh, the value that we see on the defensive side of the ball here. We think that uh, this defense, we're both extremely high on it, and we'll have plenty to talk about there. And then we'll also uh, kind of touch on a lot of the uh, fantasy value here within this team and some of the betting value. Not a whole lot of betting value, uh, but we'll talk about plenty of that. And then there is some potential fantasy value, but it's going to have to be in certain spots and because of some certain key situations. But hey, you know the drill. We'll talk about all that nonsense here shortly. Let's get into the first segment of the day with the Denver Broncos, as uh, has become custom here on the NFL Special Editions. The first segment starts off with a team breakdown for the Denver Broncos. And uh, if you haven't been here before, first place we start offensive side of the ball, and we start with the key losses and key additions. Uh, we've kind of clean this up, concise this up a little bit, and then we'll save all of our thoughts and opinions for the very end. So kind of hyperspeed here, just giving you an update of uh, the entire lineups on both sides of the ball. And then we'll talk a little bit of our insights and analysis where we think these uh, units are going to rank overall across the board this season. So first things first, let me get things started with the key offensive losses. They didn't let a whole bunch of huge names go, but they still bear mentioning uh, Elijah Wilkinson, right tackle, Jeff Driscoll, quarterback, Nick Van Nett, tied in, Philip Lindsay. Now that's a big one, but I do believe they were able to fill that hole. And, you know, I don't know that Philip Lindsay's career is going to go anywhere great from here as he did go and join the Houston Texans. DeMar Dotson, they let walk as well at right tackle, Jake Butt at tight end Troy Fumagalli at tight end as well so I did mention three tight ends there it looks like to me that they're putting all their eggs them being the Broncos in Noah Fant's basket uh, he was a very good tight end last year hawked a boatload of the receptions for this team so I think that he has some solid value but we'll talk about all that uh, a little later on in the show and then I think they might be pretty doggone good at the running back position even though they let Philip Lindsay go Melvin Gordon shouldn't be too doggone bad and I don't think one of the guys my man is about to tell you here in some of the offensive additions <laughs> is not too bad either however in my mind this is one of the shining spots the running back position right now on the uh, Broncos offense We'll talk about all that. Let me save that for later. Partner, why don't you hit me and them with the key offensive additions for the Denver Broncos going into 2021? All right. So the list is not super long here, but there are some notable names here, as you mentioned. Obviously, number one, uh, the elephant in the room here, Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback, going to see whether or not we see Teddy this season or not. Good chance that we do at some point or another. Bobby Massey at right tackle, going to be taking the starting role there. Uh, has been pretty mediocre throughout his entire career, so we'll see how well that bodes for their offensive line on the right side there. And that was, for the most part, it for the free agency is concerned in the draft they picked up three offensive players here as my partner mentioned running back second round Javante Williams out of North Carolina he's going to be the number two running back here in this offset offense had a ton of success in North Carolina running uh, up the middle in between the tackles here and I think we see a lot more of that again this year for the Broncos Quinn Mayners center in the third round out of Wisconsin Whitewater D3 wagon uh, he's going to be a nice depth play there for the offensive line and then Seth Williams fifth round wide receiver not sure where he's going to slot as far as this lineup is concerned. Might be uh, able to make that number five wide receiver spot. So we'll see whether or not uh, you know we get a 
decent volume of catches from Seth Williams or not. Not uh, super high on him here for year one, but maybe in a couple of years. But that's about it here for the offensive additions, my friend. Yeah, I was, uh, if you didn't know, extremely high on Javante Williams. (laughs) I will uh, talk about him a little bit later on in some of the uh, betting portion and definitely in the fantasy portion as well. But Hey, I think that's a great ad out of North Carolina. And then uh, some of those sleeper ads on the offensive side of the ball, they didn't go super heavy uh, via the draft or free agency or the trade market, but they did do that defensively. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Mm -hmm. But as for the offense in 2020, some of the key stats you guys should know about, they averaged 5.2 yards per play, so a bit of a stinker there. They rushed the ball on 42.91% of their plays and passed the ball on 57.09% of their plays. Completion percentage across the board for their quarterbacks, you know, they also had a quarterback carousel going on in Denver Mm -hmm. last year, 57.01% completion. Third down conversion percentage was absolutely terrible, mainly because the offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, decided that uh, running the ball on second and long to give his quarterback a third and manageable position and hopefully convert was the right idea uh, to implement into this offense. And clearly it wasn't because they only converted on third downs at 38.68% of the time. They were also pretty doggone bad in the red zone at a 53.33% clip. Obviously a little better than 50%, but in this league now and with this the names on this offense, they should be right around 60% at the very least. Right. So key stats there for you guys to know about coming out of 2020. Let's take a quick look. I'll let you guys know about um, some of the positional starters, actually all of the positional starters, what it looks like is going to be the starters on week one. Then uh, we'll kind of segue into what we think about uh, a little bit overall, our kind of outlook. I'll give you my outlook. Mags will give you his outlook. And then uh, we'll give you guys some rankings and dive into the defensive side of the ball. So offensive line, my guy, Bobby Massey, leaving the Bears, going uh, to the Broncos, rejoining uh, Vic Fangio team. Then you got um, uh, Glasgow, that is uh, Graham Glasgow, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, Dalton Risner, and then Garrett Bowles. That is all from right to left, respectively, on that line. Then I told you about Noah Fant. Uh, Looks like he is slated definitely to still be TE1 here in Denver. And then the wide receiver room doesn't look too bad in and of itself. Cortland Sutton returning uh, from the ACL injury after last year. I am extremely high on him in many different regards. We'll talk about that here in a second. KJ Hamler out of the slot. And then Jerry Judy, also my guy on the opposite side of Sutton. Then in the backfield, you got Melvin Gordon. Looks like going to be RB1. And then Javante Williams, RB2. I love that duo. And I envision Javante Williams kind of being a J.K. Dobbins in his first year and potentially having a huge breakout come week 10 or even week 12 after their bye. But that's neither here nor there. We're talking about the team. Quarterback Drew Locke or maybe Teddy Bridgewater. It's still an open competition right now. Not really too certain. I personally would like to see Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. I just don't think Drew Locke has it. I apologize, Denver Bronco fans. And then a few of the backup guys, you have Tim Patrick at wide receiver, who I'm very high on from a fantasy perspective. And then uh, Seth Seth Williams, who you said, don't really know if he's going to get a bunch of receptions, what exactly is going to go on. So some of the names in this offense should lead to some high-powered production. And I think that the potential is there. But just overall across the board, I don't know that Pat Shermer, being the offensive coordinator, can put these these pieces together 
and actually run successful play calling to make these guys successful. I don't know about you, partner, but this is kind of the glaring hole or glaring question mark for me for the Denver Broncos going into 2021. Yeah, we're pretty close to a line on this one. I am not a Pat Shermer fan. However, there is a lot of talent on this team. You mentioned Cortland, Cortland Sutton. That's going to be a huge readdition back into this lineup uh, from all aspects of things. Jerry Judy, I want to see a big improvement from him. He had a lot of drops last year, and then uh, you know some of them were his fault. Some of them were overthrows, uh, and you know beyond just drops, a lot of overthrows throws led to his lack of production at least when you look at his stat sheet 18 percent drop rate correct yeah not good and then uh you know this offensive line even with uh you know bobby massey is should be decent for this offensive line but you know they were above average as far as sacks allowed and keeping their quarterbacks under out, out of pressure so i you know i like this offensive line i don't love it but uh you know i think we see some good things here and as you mentioned with the running back room i kind of see a similar thing here i've always been a melvin gordon fan but it seems like the style of this offense is kind of going away from his skill set and they brought in a guy in williams that is tailor-made for this offense so like you said i think we do see him you know, it's tough to, I don't know, it's hard to see him totally taking over Melvin Gordon if Melvin Gordon's healthy. But like I said, I think it's just, you know, guys who are better fit for this offense. So, you know, maybe we see it, maybe we don't. But on top of uh, on top of all that, I do like Noah Fan. I hope he has a big season uh, after what we saw from him last year. So as far as the depth of that tight end room, hopefully Noah Fan can stay healthy because the depth isn't quite there uh, compared to some of the other teams that we've talked about. But overall, I think he sees a big step forward. And, you know, quarterback room, I much like you, would like to see Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. So sounds like we're pretty much aligned all the way across the board yet For the again most part, here yeah. on the Broncos offensively. Uh, per the guys over at SFA, that sharp football analysis for those of you who are new joining the show, uh, we get some of the key stats and trends uh, that we use on the daily show from them. So thank you, as always, Warren Sharp, for all of your hard work. We appreciate all of it. Uh, ranking right now the quarterback room at 31st out of 32 <laughs> units in the league. Not great. Uh, too much of a question mark, obviously, with Drew Locke. What are you going to get out of him this season? And then also at the same time, if Teddy Two Gloves comes in, is he going to be the dominant Teddy Two Gloves? I think he'll be solid in the underdog spot, as we'll talk about later in the betting portion. But I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, old Vic Fangio or Pat Shermer can set him up for success, but uh, we'll see what happens. The offensive line coming in ranked at 19th, uh, right around middle of the pack. Nothing crazy to write home about there. Running back room, 15th, a little bit better than middle of the pack, a little bit uh, further with definitely some open doors for improvement. I think Melvin Gordon starts to look a little old uh, as we get about a quarter or halfway through the season here, kind of like it seems like you do as well, partner. And uh, then that kind of opens another door for Javante Williams to uh, have one hell of a rookie season, so at least a back half of a rookie season. And then they're also as high on uh, this receiver room as we are, but the big question mark is, are they going to have any type of quarterback production to make this 13th ranked unit really run? Right. I'm not too certain that that happens. The jury is definitely still out on that. We'll talk about all of their fantasy value, even more of their lineup breakdown, all of that stuff. We somehow always end up working it into other segments sure. of the show. So we'll cut it off there for the office inside of the ball. You guys know who is there. Let's flip the script, if you all will. Keep on up. Come on, come on, come on, come on. All right. Thanks for sliding on along. We we, we, we appreciate it. Now, uh, on to the defensive side of the ball. Some key things to talk about here. First and foremost, some of the defensive losses going into 2021. I kick things off offensively. 
Our mags kick things off defensively. Partner, please, once again, let me and them have it. All righty, so nothing uh, nothing crazy to write home about, nothing super high to complain about here. They did lose a few guys that you would recognize, however. A.J. Bouye, seven games at the cornerback spot he played last year. Wasn't super effective, so it's not a huge loss there, and my partner's going to tell you how they filled a couple of these holes here, especially in the secondary. Elijah Holder, cornerback, eight games, also played in the secondary for them last year. Demarcus Walker, interior D-line, 13 games. Jeremiah Atachu, 13 games, had five sacks off the edge last year. That is one of the bigger losses, uh, but they did fill fill those holes in you know various ways there. Anthony Chiquillo, I believe is how you pronounce it, played 11 games off the edge as well. And Devontae Bosby, another corner, played 10 games for him. So, you know, nothing crazy, uh, crazy to complain about here, partner. How about these additions? As far as the additions go... Went pretty doggone heavy in the draft. Yeah. Not so heavy in the trade market or free agency. They did make some additions. And if you saw me bump my head as my partner was talking about the loss of A.J. Bouye, it's because they backfilled him with one of my favorite bears of all time, and that being Kyle Fuller. One of the fastest pickups I've ever seen. The bears dropped him, and it wasn't even a full 24 hours later, and he was a member of the Denver Broncos and rejoined Vic Fangio. They also grabbed Ronald Darby, who uh, struggled struggled with the Eagles for quite a few years and then went to another NFC East team, the Washington football team. Had a little bit of a career resurgence last year. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, the team saw enough in him here this year defensively to say, hey, let's scoop you on up and bring you on into town. They also picked up Shamar Steven, uh, interior defensive alignment. Now, I told you they went heavy in the draft, and I think that they hit the jackpot in a few areas. They got Patrick Sertain, the second, roll damn tied defensive back out of Alabama. I'm very high on him, but uh, we'll talk about some of the possible defensive rookie of the year and stuff on that uh, later in the betting preview. They also picked up Baron Browning, a linebacker out of the Ohio State University. Very high on him as well. Caden Stearns, safety out of Texas. Another safety out of Indiana, Jamar Johnson. Kerry Vincent Jr., defensive back out of LSU. And then two defensive ends, Jonathan Cooper out of Ohio State and Marquis Spencer out of Mississippi State. They went heavy and they loaded up. These guys have value for immediate impact and also value for long-term impact. I think that Denver did pretty damn good in the draft defensively. Now, the jury's out if Ed Donatel will be able to implement these guys and play them like they need to. But in my mind, this defense is going to be one of the better ones in the league, and it's going to be very sneaky very, very sneaky, and uh, it's going to surprise a lot of people going into 2021. But all that being said, let me tell you guys about a couple key 2020 stats uh, before we dive into the overall outlook and the full lineup. As far as opponent yards per play, they allowed 5.6. Nothing terrible. I'd like to see him keep it right around there. Opponent completion percentage was at 65.96, so a little bit high, but nothing terrible once again. Opponent third down conversion percent at 40.18%, once again, not bad. And opponent red zone scoring percent at 47.54. So all across the board there in those key stats, those key marker areas, not too bad at all. And if you do remember, this defense dealt with so many injuries last year. They lost Von Miller right off the bat and had so many cancellations and COVID issues and different things, I think that we see a complete turnaround with the full return of health going into 2021. Now, all that being said, 
Let me tell you quickly about each of the guys that it looks like are going to be on the starting day one lineup, and then uh, give you a little bit of my outlook and thoughts, kick it over to my partner, talk about the coaching staff, and then we'll get into the schedule. Here we go. As far as the defensive line, Bradley Chubb back in action, uh, technically linebacker, but defensive end. Shelby Harris, defensive tackle, and then Draymond Jones on the inside, and then the man, Von Miller, technically another linebacker in that 3-4 Fangio defense, but uh, Von Miller back in action, ready to rock and roll. Behind them, Josie Jewell, linebacker, and then Baron Browning. Looks like he's going to get the automatic start, so great to see that for him. I I told you I'm very high on him, and I think that he has a dominant season here in Denver. Uh, Kyle Fuller on the outside, Ronald Darby on the opposite side of him, and then Bryce Callahan, another former Bear. I hate to see playing on Denver because he's very solid. Slot corner has been one of the best ones in the league over the course of the last couple seasons, so I think he remains to do the same here into 2021. And then just and Simmons, uh, Simmons is the strong safety and uh, Kareem Jackson free safety. Both of those guys returning here this year. I think uh, that we see some improvement. The uh, Denver defense did allow a lot of deep passes. Those two guys got the cover ripped off of them multiple times last year. So I think we see that cleaned up a little bit and they definitely saw that as a problem and reinforced uh, the secondary with Fuller, Darby, uh, Callahan coming back. I, I, I love this secondary. I'm extremely high on the secondary I think that they stop opposing uh, wide receiver rooms game in and game out and you're gonna see potentially a lot of interceptions a lot of forced fumbles a lot of stuff happen a lot of QB hits a lot of sacks from this defense I think this might be and we'll obviously talk about it later but this might be once again one of the top three defensive fantasy defensive teams going into this year I just think they're so doggone valuable I think that they just have all types of powerful players all across the board. And I just, in my opinion, I don't see that there's a team that they play that they don't stop outside of maybe the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe the Baltimore Ravens, and maybe the Brownies. Outside of that, they got plenty of opportunities to feast defensively. That's my thoughts. I think that they're going to be sick as shit, but uh, enough for sick me. Sick as shit, confirmed. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think, partner, as far as the uh, the Broncos defense here in 2021? Yeah, I really like this defense, man. You know, Vic Fangio is not the GM, but it's clear that he has influence on what type of players he wants on his defense because this defense really resembles some of the defenses that he has coached in the past that has had a, it's literally a lot freaking, of success. It's freaking yeah. Chicago, for crying right. out loud. What I'm really, and you mentioned the secondary, I'm also high in them. I think one of the biggest factors of how high their ceiling is is honestly Von Miller because putting him back in the lineup no question it helps them out so much of the pass rushing load was on Bradley Chubb this year and putting him back in there obviously helps I'm just wondering how close to prime Von Miller if at all we see from him in 2019 I believe it was let me check my notes here yeah he saw a little bit of a decline in 2019 uh, he went down to eight sacks, which is still really good, but it's down from 14 and a half in 2018. I had double digit sacks from 2014 to 2018. So I'm not saying we see a big decline from Von Miller. I'm just wondering, you know, if he returns to someone that's in the defensive player, of the con- defensive player of the year conversation. This defense is no question going to be top three. You know, if he's in that seven, you know, five to 
nine sack range. That's still going to help them a lot. They're still going to be a top 10 defense. Uh, but, you know, it kind of puts a cap on their ceiling a little bit there. So, I, you know, I think we see a return from him, and he plays well. And as you mentioned, I really like Browning and Chubb. I think he's going to have a monster mm-hmm. year as well. And then those additions at corner are, you know, they spent $20 million in free agents on corners, and that doesn't even cl- include their top draft picks. So, right. you know, I am uh, just about <laughs> as high as you are. It's just, uh, you know, Von Miller could be the X factor here. Yeah, I mean, you didn't hear me mention Patrick Sertain. I'm glad you said yeah. that because he's not even slated in the starting lineup right. right now. I, too, just like you, I'm a poet and I didn't even know it, am extremely high on Von Miller, and I think this defense hinges on him. I think he has a huge 2021 season. And, you know, actually, I didn't look at the odds, and we'll have to talk about that when we get into the betting preview, comeback player of the year for Von Miller. I saw it. Okay, perfect. Absolutely love it. I didn't see it, so... Uh, I didn't write it down, but I, yeah, because I, I guess I wasn't personally interested, but yeah, maybe we'll, you are. We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it. it when we talk about it uh, in the betting preview. However, let's keep it moving right along. Uh, some closing thoughts here on the defense. For the guys over at SFA, they are as high on this front seven as we are. Sixth ranked unit in the league right now and then also the secondary they're just as high if not higher on the secondary than we are third ranked ranked unit man that is a mouthful third ranked ranked unit in the nfl right now uh wrapping things up as far as the entire team breakdown let's talk about the coaching staff real quick we've mentioned all of them uh multiple times already but just so you know vic fangio uh returning now for year three in denver then you got pat Shermer returning for year two very surprised Shermer got the nod to come on back after the production in 2020 after the lack of fixes in 2020 but hey we'll see what happens and then ed donatel defensive coordinator this year for denver he is coming back for his third season uh, with Vic. So they run a very similar defense. This obviously looks, as we have been talking about it, like it's going to be a very defensive-minded team. And overall, I'm not sure that Pat Shermer can do anything for this team offensively. As far as uh, any capping thoughts there on the coaching staff before we move along, partner, you got anything for me? Yeah, like I said, I think this defense is going to be tailor-made for Vic Fangio. So I think he is going to do enough to keep himself around. I think we might see an exit for Pat Shermer if at some point middle of the year, by the end of the year. I'm not a huge fan of him. um, And I don't think it's going to be enough to bring Vic Fangio down with him. uh, Because like I said, I like that defense, but I wouldn't shock me on that sense as well you know if this team is really struggling record wise but we'll see man we'll see we will definitely see but that does it for the entire team breakdown let's keep this show steaming on the tracks my friends keep up keep along strap in it's time to get into the entire schedule breakdown and analysis damn I'm off today. I keep going the wrong way, but I'll probably be back by the time we get to start stash or pass. That's usually when I just really drive her on home. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you know, I, I deal in absolutes mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so moving right along into the schedule. First things first, my friends, you know how I do it. I'm gonna let you guys know who they're all playing week one through week 18. That's right. Keep reminding you, keep reminding you, keep reminding you. 18 weeks this year, 17 official games. We got an extra week of football, baby. But that all being said, quickly with the Denver Broncos upcoming 2021 schedule. Kind of uh, kind of weird to see this, but they start week one and two on the road in New York against the Giants and in Jacksonville against the Jags. Then they get to go home against the Jets so should be a nice mile high victory there mm-hmm. first one in uh in Denver 
And then for the home team, or they will be the home team once again, rather, <laughs> uh, against the Baltimore Ravens in week four. Then week five, six, and seven, they go on the road, back to home on the road against the Steelers, Raiders, and the Brownies. Then they go home, away, home in week eight, nine, and 10 against the Washington football team, Dallas Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles. So kind of funny there. They play the AFC North and the NFC East, which are some of their main games outside of their division, which we'll talk about in a little bit, right in the same cluster. So pretty doggone tough uh, stretch there for them. But then they have a bye week in week 11. Come out of the bye in week 12 to play the Chargers. Week 13, they play the Chiefs for the first time. Then week 14, 15, and 16. 14 and 15, they're at home twice against the Lions and the Bengals. So two wins there, I envision. And then 16 and 17, they are both on the road against the Raiders again and against the Chargers. And then they close out their season in week 18 at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Very winnable game, I do believe, for them in week 18 because the old Chiefs might have the season wrapped up Mm. by that point if they have another season like everybody is envisioning them and everybody expects them to repeat yet again because somehow they managed to not let any of their team go for an entire new season. But we're not talking about the Chiefs today. Talking about the Broncos, all right? Yeah, do we want these Broncos fans to leave on us? So, that all being said, hey, I just told you guys that I think they might win in Week 18. So, that all being said, uh, there you go. There you have it. Let's uh, give you guys some predictions. We told you all about, uh, just told you all about the schedule. Let's give you some predictions here where we think the Broncos are going to stack up against their opponents in 2021. Well, my friends, uh, if you're a Denver Broncos fan, you're not going to like me, and I really, really, really do apologize. But uh, as far as the AFC West goes, within the division, partner, I know you might be right alongside with me once again, but I uh, do believe they get swept by the Chiefs. I think potentially that could be a one-in-one situation if Week 18 is completely wrapped up for the Chiefs. That's a big if. Big, big, big if. I think the Chargers get both for them. Uh, both from them, rather. I think that is an incredibly hard game to come out of the bye week against, regardless if they are in Denver or not. And then to play them in Week 17, when that game's probably going to mean a lot for the Chargers in L.A., I just don't think either one of those games are going to come out in favor of Denver. And then I think they can potentially get both from uh, Las Vegas. I actually do think they get both from Vegas. Uh, They come home, and it's actually they're one of the easier teams that they face across the board all season long. They have them in Week 16 and Week 6. I don't think they'll have a problem getting both of those. So in my mind, they go 2-4. and Uh, overall with the chance of maybe going three and three if potentially like I said that week 18 is wrapped up for the Chiefs so yeah that's why I'm lying two and four three and three potentially partner where's your head at as far as the AFC West goes for the Broncos I'm kind of on the same page with you there I do like him to get at least two wins here I want to say it's going to be two against the Raiders the one thing that scares me about that is that they allowed they lost both games to the Raiders last year obviously different circumstances but 
They allowed at least 30 points in both of those games. Now, I do think they corrected all of their issues on defense that should be able to stop this Raiders offense. So that's kind of where I'm thinking they get those two wins uh, and kind of correct the mistakes that they made from last year. And then, uh, you know, if they split with the Raiders, I could still see him getting that one uh, against the Chargers out of the bye week. And then, uh, you know, as you mentioned, that Week 18 game is definitely possible. Uh, I'm not putting the Chiefs in that spot myself. I think they could be in a spot where they need that game to either get the division or maybe like the one or two seed. So I'm not going to give them the uh, I'm not going to give the Broncos that game. So I, you know, for the most part, we're in the same spot here. I'm I'm staying two, and then maybe they get a third. All right. Well, once again, we find ourselves aligned on hey, the Denver hope. Broncos. Moving right along into their eight main games outside of the division. Let me uh, rock and roll over here. They, uh, As I already told you guys, they play the AFC North and the NFC East. Now, the NFC East is definitely not shaping up to be the beast, more like the eesh, not eesh. necessarily the least <laughs> as much this season. Within the East, uh, we talked about the Cowboys yesterday, talked about them getting the win over the Broncos. I think they do, but as I look at it more, definitely a little bit of a toss-up coin flip game there for me, but I think the Cowboys definitely still get it. I think they go 2-2 two and two within the NFC East. I think they get the wins over the Giants and the Eagles. And then in the AFC North, I think it's going to be tough sledding. I think they're only going to get the win over the Bengals with losses to the Steelers, Browns, and Ravens overall. So I got them going 3-5 and five overall in uh, their eight games outside of the division. Partner, where are you at there? Yeah, we're very close here. Once again, I could see them. They got Washington at home with a three-day advantage. So I could see that Washington defense being a little tired and gassed in mile high. That might sure. be enough of an advantage to push them over the edge against the, uh, the football team there. Uh, but I also do think they get the wins over the Giants and Eagles. Those are two of my most confident wins for them on this schedule. And then, uh, yeah, three. One and three out of the AFC North, man. I think that they could get that Steelers game, but I don't like that matchup as far as the Broncos offense versus the Steelers defense is concerned. So for the most part, we're right aligned once again. Uh, one more time with what you're thinking. Uh, same as you. Three, three and five. five. Yep. Okay. Well, there you go. There you have it. And that leaves us with three remaining games outside of the eight main and non uh, and divisional games. Those three are uh, what, in my mind, are their cupcake games. Yep. They should take care of these, no problem. They should go 3-0 and here against the Jets, the Jags, and the Panthers. I am uh, still... Lions. or I'm sorry, the Lions. I apologize. Uh, I'm still just not high on the Jags, uh, even with Trevor Lawrence, even with everything going on there. We'll talk about it. I might have a little bit of a change of heart once we get to Jacksonville, but... For right now, I think they go three and zero outside in their uh, outside three games. Partner, where you at there? Yeah, very similar here again. I could see the Jags kind of finding themselves somewhere around halfway through the season, but I think this is a good matchup for the Broncos here in Week Two, coming out of the gates uh, and seeing some still some rookie struggles there from the Jaguars. So I'm going three and zero. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, the Giants were one of my more confident games, and then especially the Lions coming into Denver. Uh, that has got to be my number one most confidence game for their whole schedule, actually. Okay. Well, we are once again lined up, and that uh, pretty much puts us both at eight wins. Sure does. That uh, intrigues me in a lot of different areas, but we ain't going to talk about that okay. yet. We'll talk about that when we get to the season win total because I, yeah, 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 my head is now spinning. All that being said, 
couple of final key closing points. Now, partner, you did mention it, and I appreciate you mentioning it. The uh, rest advantage there ah, against yes. uh, the Washington. E- well, against Washington. Yep. Did they have one as well against the Eagles, or is it just Washington? Just Washington. It is just Washington. Either way, out of those two games, at least. Okay. Either way, uh, they do have pretty solid rankings as far as their rest and prep go. You know, we always bring that to you, courtesy of the guys over at SFA. They have one opponent faced where they have over a week to prep. That opponent has over a week to prep. And then they face opponent where that opponent has less than a week to prep. So pretty much negated there. Nothing you really need to worry about. The um, the Broncos have a rest disadvantage in only one game and have a rest advantage in two games. So they got a plus one uh, difference there. You like to see that a little bit. Some of those key games definitely against that Washington football team as well. The Broncos play one short week road game and they play no games off of a road Sunday night or Monday night football game. So from a scheduling perspective, a timing perspective, the Broncos look to be in pretty good shape as well. So I think that all of this encompassing that we have talked about and some of these closing points that I'm about to give you here in a minute is going to put the cards on the table for the Broncos. It's pretty much going to say, hey, Here's the season. You guys have one hell of an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Don't shoot yourselves in the foot. Right. I mean, it, it, that's what it comes down to. I mean, they could very easily get over eight wins. Mm-hmm. Some of those sneaky ones with some of this rest advantage, this prep advantage, all these different things. I think that they potentially have a shot here, ladies and gentlemen, in Denver, but they could shoot themselves in the foot. Those final things that I wanted to tell you about. Some of the forecasts per Warren Sharp, the Broncos will face the easiest schedule of defenses overall, and they will also face the easiest schedule of pass defenses. Both of those are forecasts right now. The another forecast, fifth easiest offense faced for Denver against for Denver defense. So they will face the fifth easiest schedule of offenses defensively. And then Denver has the fifth or the second easiest schedule faced through the first 15 weeks based on strength of schedule. So they have a serious opportunity to get a bunch of those early wins, a bunch of uh, wins on the board. I think that they have the potential. And I mean, the proof is in the pudding right there, my friend. There's not a whole much else I can say. They have what looks like to be a cupcake schedule going in here to 2020 compared to 2021. And once again, it's all on the Broncos not to shoot themselves in the foot. Right. I think we could be seeing them looking really, really good in Denver. The one thing that does concern me with that is that they went two and six straight up at home. And, you know, we say that home field advantage is going to be bigger this year. You know, take away every single fan. And the Denver Broncos should already have one of the bigger home field advantages in mile high. Absolutely. And then, but you look back at last <laughs> year and they played an absolute gauntlet at home last year. Right. And that is totally flipped this year. So I think they get five, uh, maybe not easy wins, but should be wins and then you could I could absolutely see them picking off either maybe not the Ravens or the Chiefs I don't know but the Chargers Washington I could absolutely see that and then uh you know in the same vein I could see them kind of choking to one of these teams that they should beat on the road so you know I'm still kind of sticking with my eight wins here yeah uh I everything you said is exactly why I said my brain's spinning yeah. <laughs> because I Right, because I mean, there's so many directions that it can go, and we'll talk about that here actually uh, yeah. in just a second. Because hell of a segue by you, partner. I appreciate it as always. Let's just get right into it. That's everything for the schedule. You guys know all about it now. Let's get into the betting preview. Now I'm on it. Hey, hey, now I'm on it. You guys know what we are. 
sports betting analyst, daily sports gambling show if you follow us on the Bird app, that being Twitter, for those of you guys who don't follow us on Twitter. Um, we obviously love to bet. We obviously love to Do we? hammer in props, hammer in spreads, hammer in money lines, hammer in totals. So we got to look at everything from 2020. We got to look at everything into 2021. And then we'll talk about uh, all the value we're targeting. I already told you guys we'll talk about the season win total. We'll talk about some additional value plays outside of make or miss playoffs or any of their division wins, anything like that. We got plenty of stuff to talk about. So strap in yet again. If you are just joining us, you joined us at the perfect time because it's about time to talk cash and tickets on the Denver Broncos. So first things first, my friends, let's keep this show moving with the 2020 ATS and over-under trends for the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. Now, partner, you mentioned it just a little while ago, and uh, some of these key trends here will definitely reflect that, but the Broncos were not great at home, and they were not great at home against the number either. Now, in 2020, they had an average line of 5.4, so they were an underdog of 5.4 points. The books are giving them a lot more respect this year. I'm not too certain why. It might have been at the time of publication. Aaron Rodgers was still up in the air if he was going to be uh, picked up via free agency or via trade uh, by the Broncos. Obviously, that did not happen. So that might tick up just a little bit here, but it's at plus 0.2 uh, for 2021. They are favored in nine games this year and underdogs in eight games. So definitely the books think too that they have some cupcake games that they should should take care of business in. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as 2020 ATS record goes for the Broncos, they were 8-7 and seven ATS with a 5-11 and 11 straight up record. So a little bit better against the number. Obviously, they went 1-0 and 0 as a favorite and 7-7 seven and seven as an underdog. So pretty much a coin flip. But I told you just a little while ago that Teddy Two Gloves is a damn good underdog. He's actually 24-8. and eight. ATS as an underdog. That's covering at a 75% clip. I'm pretty sure I backed him in every single underdog spot he he was in with the Panther, Panthers last season. Everybody always tries to, uh, you know, throw my man Teddy Two Gloves under the bus and say he ain't the man. He don't know what he's doing, this, that, and the third. And I ain't buying it. I ain't buying it. And I think that he is the spark plug, the proverbial spark plug this Broncos offense needs. And if they want to find success, they need to insert his happy ass week one. No question okay. in my mind. Okay, I agree with you. I think there's a world that could be bad for the Broncos. They could start 3-0 and with Drew Locke, and that, that might actually be bad for their season. It very well could. And then, But then you, you, you mentioned this gauntlet they kind of go through week four through ten where they get three AFC North opponents. That might flip yeah. that script pretty quickly. So Yeah, and before we get into the weekly, I'll wrap up uh, all of the ATS numbers here. So um, at home, they were three and four. You said not good straight up, not good ATS right. either. Uh, they were never a home favorite last year, which is also really surprising that all of those ATS numbers were three and four as an underdog. They were really good on the road against the number five and three ATS one and zero as a favorite four and three as an underdog. I don't really know what to draw from that because you said it partner. They should have been good in mile high. They weren't, they didn't get it done. And yeah, we didn't have fan distraction or any crowd noise or any hostile environments playing on the road that they had to deal with. So they were good there 
Now they're going to have to deal with that this season. We'll obviously see regression on the away side of the ball. Are we going to see progression on the home side of the ball when it comes to the number? I, I just don't think so. I think so because I'm looking at last year's schedule of home opponents, Tennessee, Tampa, Kansas City, Chargers, Miami, Saints, Buffalo, and the Raiders again. So they had a gauntlet at home, man. Okay. Okay, so, so that kind of that definitely changes my mind, and it's a lot more cupcake at home yeah. this season yeah. for sure. So they might uh, get a lot better against the number at home. We'll but that see. number might be a little too big. You never know. It also could very well be too. So ah, jury's out. We'll talk about the weekly lines here in just a minute. As far as over under goes, they were a complete toss up here, eight and eight over under in 2020 with an average line of 45.6. That line ticked down just a little bit, but still a toss up number into 2022, 45.2 overall. They were four and four at home, four and four on the road. So I have no idea what to tell you there, but they were one and zero as a favorite and oh, eight and eight as a dog. Hmm. So, uh, you know, nothing really you can draw. It's going to be a total toss up. And a lot of the teams that do have consistently 43, 44, 45 right in there in the books really don't know either. You right. don't know what you're going to get from that team. You don't know if they're going to produce defensively. You don't know if they're going to produce offensively. And a lot of those game totals reflect that. That all being said, you love a teaser. I love a teaser. We all scream for teasers. Maybe not for the Denver Broncos. Maybe leave them out of your teasers in 6, 7, and 10-point teasers, respectively. They all hold 11-5 and records in each of those positions. I don't think they're worth an ad in uh, many teaser spots. I typically don't add them to any of my teasers. I can't tell you the last time I added a Denver Broncos to my teaser. It has to be one where I can tease it through 6 seven key numbers right. in order for me to even think about uh hammering them in evidence by the 11-5 record in mm-hmm. each of those positions so there you go there you have it 2020 in a nutshell from the ats over under and teaser trends side of things let's look into the weekly betting markets as far as the spread goes and as far as the game totals go going into 2021 that's right we got them all here for you lock in hold on tight here we go Now, week one should be all right, no problem. Week two should be all right, no problem as well. Told you they're going to be away from mile high beginning the season on the road, which kind of sucks because typically you love them to start the season at mile high because it is an absolute betting freaking wagon. Not going to happen this year. We'll have to wait to see if we can do that in week three. But they're one-point favorites and and one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Giants and the Jags. Five-and-a-half-point favorites in Denver. Sorry, went a little neutral brain there. Uh, in Denver against the Jets. Then in week four, five, and six, they're three and a half point dogs against Baltimore, four and a half point dogs against the Steelers, and three and a half point favorites against the Raiders. Then week seven, eight, and nine looks to be one of their toughest games on the schedule. They're seven point dogs to the Browns, three point favorites to the Washington football team, and four and a half point dogs in Dallas. Then week 10, Yeah, they have a bye in week 11. I apologize. Week 10, they uh, play the Eagles as four-and-a-half-point favorites in Denver. Then they come out of the bye week in week 12 to play the Chargers in Denver once again as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Then week 13, this will be their official hardest game as as far as spread goes uh, during the season. They play the Chiefs in week 13 as nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. Then their most highly favored game of the entire season against the Lions in Denver in 
week 14. They come in as seven and a half point favorites. Then follow that up in Denver once again against the Bengals as five and a half point favorites. Then wrap up the season week 16, 17, and 18, all in underdog spots, but all very similar. They are in Las Vegas as two and a half point dogs. They are uh, against the Chargers as three-point dogs and against the Chiefs as three-point dogs as well. So kind of a toss-up how the uh, end of the season is going to end there, uh, in our opinion, definitely, and also from what it looks like in the book's opinion. looks like those are going to be some shootout, closely contested contests, if you will. Right off the bat, uh, before you take it away here, partner, I told you the hardest one that looks like it's going to be for them to cover, uh, the most one that they're favored in against Detroit. I'm a little leery of that minus 7.5. That kind of scares me away. That minus 5.5 against Cincinnati, I do enjoy. Um, Outside of that, week one and week two, I'm not too uh, scared of either. But, partner, anything jump off the page at you there? Yeah, like you said, I'm interested in week one and two. But aside from that, it's going to have to determine Determine for me who's starting that quarterback. Uh, you know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. feel too great about any of these if I don't know who's that quarterback because some of these teams against better teams, I would rather see Teddy Bridgewater because he's going to keep them in those games. Right. And as you mentioned, as a dog, he his playing style really lends uh, well to being in a you know three or higher underdog. So right. going to depend who's that quarterback for me on this one. I would agree with you there. And then as far as game totals go, nothing really major to write home about. I told you guys they have a low end of 42.5 and and then the high end of 50. Everything's right around in that mid-40s tier. So as we've been saying with a few of these teams, it's going to have to be that right spot if you want to play a Broncos total. They're going to have to be playing a team who's a wagon to the under, who's a wagon to the over. Because 8-8 eight eight over under in 2020 is definitely nothing that you can pull from that. So no. they have no advantage in mile high, and uh, I think it's going to get a little rougher for them on the road, uh, especially with a lot of those fans being back in the stands. So there you go. There you have it for the weekly uh, look ahead for uh, the daily betting markets, or for at least the weekly betting markets, rather. Now, uh, partner, I got to ask you, I mentioned it briefly, kind of where I'm at, but Way too early. Week one pick. They are in New York against the Giants. Minus one point favorites. Are you hammering in the Broncos? Are you fading the mess out of them? Taking the G-Men. I'm hammering it in, man. I honestly, I don't really care who's at quarterback for this week one game. I am very low on the Giants. I'm not liking what I'm seeing out of the rumors from their camps or what I've seen in the past. So, uh, yeah, first two weeks, honestly, I'm liking this Broncos team. First three, depending on what that week three line is, I will love the Broncos to win that game. We'll see what that line's at, though. Lock me to fuck in right now. This yep. has got to be one of the first ones that I've had supreme confidence in, and I'm I'm not even questioning I agree it. With you. I think every other week one way too early play that I have either made you take or or that I've taken, it's been like, eh, it has been way too early. Yeah. No, it's a little <laughs> way too early. But this one, ah, fuck no. Hammer this son of a bitch in right now. I am all about it. I think it ticked up to one and a half, if I'm not mistaken. And then hey. one week two I looked, it was already at two and a half. Well, <laughs> slap a wig on me and call me <laughs> Sally. Look, we, we are in business, ladies and gentlemen. So moving right along, let's take a look at something we've been hitting, hinting at over the course of the entire show so far, and that is the Broncos' season win total. Now, if you didn't know, the current win total for the Broncos is set at 8.5 wins. The over is currently set at minus 105, and the under at minus 115. So both favorites 
Obviously, one more in a dog spot, but neither one going to pay out at plus money at this point in time. My personal humble opinion, you heard me uh, scratch out eight wins there. We talked about it a little further, and I do think that there's potential that they could squeak out a winner here, get them over that eight and a half. But where we sit here today, still a little under a month, one day under a month from the season beginning, I got to stick with that under. I just don't think that Denver is going to have enough success on offense to get them those critical wins that they need. This defense will be high-powered as all get out. But ladies and gentlemen, partner, I am a Chicago Bears fan, and I have dealt with teams like this for the better part of my fucking adult life. And I can guarantee you it's probably going to be what happens in Denver this year. I'm not locking it in 150%, but I'm just telling you, it's probably going to be an 8-9 and nine season for the Denver Broncos, if not worse. Yeah, I, I kind of echo what you're saying here. I, I'm not super confident in this one, uh, as is the case with yesterday's, but I'll stick with you on the under. I just think it's a better chance that they suck really bad as opposed to being good enough to go 9-6 nine, nine and six or 10 and, uh, or what is it, 9-8 or 10-7, and seven. but sure. uh yeah, I'll stick with the over, but I, I, I really think they might be really good at home, so that's what worries me as far as hammering in the hammering this one in. So for the most part, I'm staying away, but I'll stick with you in the under because this team does remind me of a lot of Bears fans over the or Bears teams over the last yeah. two decades, man. Yeah. So in accordance with that, maybe some alternate win total value as well. If you think we're crazy one way or the other, let me lay out a little additional value for you. The over seven and a half, you just drop it down one win. You think they're going to be right at eight. That's at minus 185 right now. So the books are kind of thinking in line with me and Mags. Over nine and a half, you go up one is plus 140. And over 10 and a half is plus 270. So not boatloads of value there. I don't think that they even get close to that. If you're siding with us on the under and you think that they do worse than eight wins, under seven and a half is only at plus 150 right now. And under six and a half, the wheels fall off in Denver, plus 250 right now. So worth a look and a half. I don't know. The one thing I will add as far as liking the under, this over under eight and a half was set amidst the rumors of Aaron Rodgers potentially going to Denver. People flooded the over. Aaron Rodgers obviously stays with the Packers. They did not move this over-under at all. So that kind of gives me a lot more confidence as far as the under is concerned. I would say so, and I'm not too sheepish to uh, run to the window on that under 7.5. After saying what I just said, same. Plus 150, I'm not worried about it at all. Right. Uh, Keep it moving, keep it grooving. If, uh, obviously, kind of shakes out season-wise, season win total-wise for the Broncos, probably not going to make the playoffs, I would say. The books do agree with us, but it is a little tight. Not super tight, just a little. Uh, to make the playoffs, yes, is at plus 156. And to miss the playoffs is at minus 290. So definitely... 190. Or, or minus 190, I apologize. So that definitely lines up with where my head would be yeah. at. That's kind of where I would make that. I, I think they have a random shot in the dark that they potentially could, but overall, 95% of my being says, hell no, they right. ain't doing that. And if you're really high in the Broncos, I would say the most valuable would be just the over 8.5. Sure enough. Uh, and keeping it moving, if perchance you do like them to make the playoffs, to win the AFC North... 
or the AFC West right now, which they probably would have to win the AFC West in order to do that, which I highly doubt will happen. Uh, that is, they are right now third in the AFC West at plus 700. So that's fairly ranked for me based off our two and four predictions within the uh, the division itself. I think that that's spot on and, and I don't think it has any value on it. I don't think you need to touch it with the 10 foot pole no. unless you're a Denver Broncos diehard and you need some type of value on the off chance. Maybe you guys make a playoff run this year and you know what? I'm not going to say what just came to my mind because that's putting bad juju on really, really good quarterbacks. Uh, I was about to say it. Uh, was, don't, unless you don't, got a crystal no, ball no, where don't a couple talk guys. Don't yeah. Patty M or any of them. <laughs> I'm not putting that shit out there because that is the only way that shit could happen. And my goodness, well, if for that we matter, jinx those boys on episode 99, I yeah. apologize. My fault, Mag's fault, yeah. our deepest condolences. I could, I'm could. i surprised it's honestly not higher than plus 700, no. given the Chiefs and the Chargers, Same. honestly. I am too. I am too. And that's what kind of gives me a little bit yeah. of pause on that end of things. But uh, if you like them to win the AFC, which I also doubt happens, but hey, if you're a diehard, 28 to 1 odds right now, plus 2,800, that is 11th in the AFC. And to win Super Bowl 56, they are 50 to 1 right now, plus 5,000, 22nd place for the Denver Broncos. So no real value there uh, once we get to playoff time for the Broncos. So you can kind of skip those future markets. But do have a few other future markets and side bets that we are interested in because, you know, we're good loyal degenerates. Sure. We don't just hammer in spreads and fucking money lines and game totals. We're not simpletons at the TTL podcast, okay? Let me get that straight, clear, and concise for you right fast. We dig deep. We go below the surface. We love props. We love stuff that might not even make sense to any of you, but we found value on it. So let's dish a little of that out. Partner, you... um You brought my attention to this one and i'm actually uh kind of interested in this as well if perchance which i think might happen the denver broncos don't have a good 2021 season i think vic fangio is one of the hottest seats in the league right now and the books agree he's tied for first right now at plus 750 odds who would be number one partner uh tied for uh, coach to be fired with mike mccarthy mike mccarthy so if dallas sputters once again Either one of these teams very in the rights. We talked about the Cowboys yesterday. Either one of these teams well within the rights of sputtering. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not hammering this one. And I mentioned last week my first coach to be fired pick would be Zach Taylor. There definitely is a pass path for this one. I don't know that he gets fired midseason. I think the defense would have to be really bad out of the gates, which I don't think yeah. we see. If there was odds for a first coordinator to be fired, I would very much be interested in Mr. Pat Shermer, but unfortunately we don't have those odds because uh, mm. that's kind of where I th- f- uh, feel as far as if the Broncos start out bad on offense sure. and their record is looking bad, I think the scapegoat's going to be Pat Shermer. Uh, and if Fangio gets fired, I think it's going to be after the season. So I'm staying away from this one. All right. Well, I would have to say I'm staying away as well because I like your Sack Taylor yeah. play there too. I'm just about all, as high as that as you are. Now, you talk, you heard me talk about it the entire show so far uh, here in Bits and Pieces is Javante Williams. And I think that he is going to have, maybe not huge is the right word for it, but I think potentially a midseason breakout season in his rookie year. And not my words was brought to my attention by the great legendary Warren Sharp. Appreciate you once again. Javante Williams, Offensive Rookie of the Year, 29-1 to odds right now, worth a look. Now, why is that? It's actually because some of the stuff that I said and actually where my thoughts were and Warren confirmed my biases. 
I said it on the show. I think Melvin Gordon's just going to start looking a little bit old. I think we're going to get about a quarter of the way through the season, and the 28-year-old is just not going to be pumping at the production we're used to seeing from him, especially with what we got used to in L.A. And then this new kid on the block, one of the youngest running backs in this year's class, is going to come out and be dominant as all hell, and I think that he'll be able to run in between, outside the tackles, anywhere they want him. They'll obviously use him more in between the tackles, but... Hey, I'm all on board for Javante Williams. And if perchance he gets more, I told you he's he might be kind of like that J.K. Dobbins was behind Gus Edwards in his second year. And then, um, why am I blanking? A big trust. Woo, woo. Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. Uh, <laughs> I'm totally blanking on his name. Uh, I think that's kind of going to be what Javante Williams is. And wouldn't you know it, Javante Williams is a duo backfield back Mm -hmm. he works great in a tandem and that's what he did in north carolina and ripped off a huge 1400 plus yard season last year so i'm high as shit on him you get to the end of the year and he starts hawking some of those goal line touchdowns some of those 25 20 yard bursts that are in the red zone that he breaks off for a touchdown as well hey man he puts up the stats at 29 to 1 is worth a little sprinkle it's worth a look. I'm uh, a person going to be staying away. I don't hate your analysis. I think he's going to be a big surprise rookie, and he's going to be in that conversation. I'm personally staying away just because I think there's going to be a handful of rookies uh, on the side of the ball that are going oh, to yeah. play some big roles for their teams and going to be uh, racking up some stats from the jump. Trevor Lawrence, uh, Waddle, uh, you know, the other Jamar Chase. So I'm staying away from this. I do like your analysis, and you know, it, it might be worth a little sprinkle because I, he's going to be really good and going to surprise a lot of people. Yes, sir. So, I mean, hey, I'm not saying I'm running to the window with it uh, with my biggest unit, 10-unit max play, no. but, hey, just a little sprinkle. Little sprinkle. Might be worth it if uh, the stars align for Mr. Williams. And then Patrick Sertain, you might be thinking, oh, defensive rookie of the year, Patrick Sertain, holy cow, one of the best cornerbacks selected over J.C. Horn. Holy smokes, we got to take him. Ah, be easy. He's at plus 1,100 right now to win defensive rookie of the year. And it is incredibly hard for a defensive back to win Defensive Rookie of the Year because think about the stats that they have to put up based off of, or compared to rather, what a defensive lineman would have to put up. If a defensive lineman just absolutely bulldozes an offensive lineman and gets consistent quarterback hits then then turns them into sacks and then maybe gets a pass deflection here... He has a much higher chance than, oh, maybe this corner's only targeted twice in a game. One of them's a catch. One of them was an overthrow. So Mm -hmm. he doesn't even get any breakup points, anything in between. So it is so hard for a cornerback to get a uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year award. Now, I'm not saying Sertain can't do it because roll some bitch tied. (laughs) You know me, baby. But I'm going to say be a little easy on Patrick Sertain for Defensive Rookie of the Year if uh, your eyes jumped right to that as far as the future markets go. Yeah, I'll, uh, I totally agree with you. I will. I can try and paint a picture for how he would win. There's some other really good cornerbacks in this lineup that maybe teams will decide, pick your poison, we'll try and pick on the rookie here, and maybe he might be up for a handful more interceptions. But, I mean, it's not like he was a big interception guy in college either. So I totally agree with you. Just trying to paint a picture there for what it possibly could look like. Most definitely. I mean, he is a physical defensive back, yeah. no doubt about it. But, yeah, you mentioned it. he just didn't have the highest uh, interception numbers back in college. But, nonetheless, let me tell you guys about just one more. Now, as I think about it a little bit more, it might not have the most value on the planet. 
but Von Miller for comeback player of the year is at 20 to one right mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, if Von Miller returns to Von Miller, now he's going to have a Von Miller season. Like he is going to have to have, he might have to be minimum yeah. 10 plus sacks, yeah. minimum 10 plus sacks, minimum two, three forced fumbles, mm-hmm. Maybe one of those fucking Vic Fangio drop back, bat the ball, interception, return for a touchdown on a 15-yard. Like, he is going to have to have a season (laughs) in order to get this. And I just, with with Dak being in the running, with OBJ being in the running, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, plus 2,000, maybe again worth another little sprinkle, the good degenerates we are, but... Ah, I don't know. Yeah, I I kind of was about to say what you were going to say. He might have to be like top three defensive player nope. of the year conversation to win this award. No question. And still hope that Dak or Saquon or uh, CMC isn't in the MVP conversation, which one of those three guys absolutely could be. So <laughs> have to be. I don't hate it, but because uh, it could be a fun one and he could have a six season. But, you know, like you're saying, it's going to have to be over the top vintage Von Miller type stuff. Yeah, definitely is. Uh, but outside of that, that pretty much does it for any side bets, anything that we thought might have some potential value or something that you might be targeting for uh, future value, but might want to pull back the range just a little bit on. That's all of our thoughts, opinions, and analysis on that jazz. 11.07, about to roll over to 11.08. We just covered the entire betting preview for the Denver Broncos 2021 season. We're about to quickly dish out all of our best fantasy advice in the segment that we have dubbed start stash or pass and then we will save the rest of the time we'll try and get through this maybe by 11 15 because i don't think there's a oodles and oodles and oodles of value on the denver side so we can save plenty of time to talk to you guys about what to expect tomorrow going forward and then everything in between because we might have a giveaway we might have some sick ass shit coming so stick around but for now all that being said into the final segment of the day we go with our best fantasy advice and the segment I just told you about. Start, stash, or pass. It's showtime, ladies and gentlemen. We are fantasy nerds at the end of the day. I've told you many times before, me and Mags have been in the same league together for the better part of a decade. And we're about to turn that bad boy on over to a dynasty league. Mm -hmm. So I'm in a couple other leagues outside of that. So I'll get to keep my... Regular fantasy football feel, redraft, feel yeah. and some of my redraft uh, opinions for you guys, but also kind of have my dynasty opinions for you guys. So I'm super excited to be able to bring all of that to you as well as DFS content in addition to that. So, partner, let's get it moving quick here. First things first, the quarterback room. Whether Drew Locke starts or Teddy Bridgewater starts is still up in the air, so we don't really know. But either guy, given the opportunity, any targetability in a draft and if perchance no one drafts them and you get your hands on them are we starting stashing or passing teddy two gloves and drew dropping dimes lock you know i'm passing on both of these guys a because of the uncertainty of who's going to be playing but i actually would love these guys as a des maybe not a desperation but you know an injury streamer or a bye week streamer if it's the right matchup uh, for either of these guys, depending on you know if they're playing a weak defense, that would be my only spot that I would target them because I think there's going to be some targetability uh, in certain spots like that. But as far as draft, I'm not touching either of these guys. 
Me either. I will let both of them fall to the waiver wire, and if anybody scoops them up, I will laugh at them uh, and <laughs> say, hey, you wasted a roster spot. Good luck with that. Uh, yeah, I'll let them both fall out of my draft. You know, Teddy Two Gloves might be worth one of those regular old red flags, just in case maybe potentially he uh, does get that starting spot and is in a big underdog spot because he generally does tend to have huge games in those spots. So maybe if you need a streaming option, might look at Teddy Two Gloves. Now for the running back room, in my personal opinion, definitely loads and loads of value. I think that you can draft Melvin Gordon, but it needs to be late. It needs to be second, third round. He's not he's not in the top 10, top 20, eh, maybe top 20, but definitely not top 15 right. running backs in the league anymore. It's just not what he is. He'll definitely still get, get that receiving production for PPR leagues. So I think early season... He is going to be extremely valuable. But if in an ideal world, you could also handcuff Javante Williams with him in your draft, if nobody picks him up, that would be the ideal world. But if you can't get your hands on Melvin Gordon, I would definitely say in your draft, if he's still around in some of those later rounds and nobody has this knowledge that you're about to or have gotten over the course of this show, I would definitely say scoop him up and stash him. Because like I said, halfway through the season he might start getting that work and he might start taking over the receiving back duties he might start taking over some of the the long ball touchdown dudes who knows what happens but i think he is definitely worth a stash what are your opinions on the running back room partner yeah you know we're kind of in the same vein there as far as drafting i wouldn't even waste the second or third round pick on him i would say fifth round or later sure. and then i would like to have sure. him on my team i just if you're picking him as your you know your second running back off the board or even you know second round pick and maybe you didn't take a running back in the first round i think he might be looking at some trouble so yeah, yeah, yeah. if you can get him later in the rounds there you're in the middle of that after some of the big names go off the board then i might like him and the same thing with javante williams we talked about it uh the the system is more tailor-made for him than it is for melvin gordon and as you mentioned ppr uh, is going to bode well for melvin gordon if it's not ppr i might not even touch melvin gordon with a 10-foot pole if eh, I'm that's what i'm saying uh and not unless he drops 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 of course but uh sure. you know overall i like this running back value but uh you know i'm, I'm interested interested to see what the uh general perception on Javante Williams is because until we started reading on this team I uh you know wasn't considering him too much as far as a fantasy perspective awesome potential dynasty pickup though yeah absolutely and th and that was one of the key points for me was Javante Williams dynasty potential is off of the charts right right now so I think he's definitely worth a pickup in that area high risk um, high reward what's that high risk high reward higher is Kyrie. high risk high reward oh i thought you said higher is <laughs> high reward i was like well, who is Kyrie ward high risk uh, high reward got it yeah so definitely most definitely i think uh javante williams worth that stash and then i i uh, do change my stance a little bit with how you mentioned that maybe fifth sixth round definitely for melvin gordon yep. not not even worth an rb2 at this point in my mind as far as the wide receivers go it's going to bank a lot on who this quarterback is but i do think that they have some value i think jerry judy is definitely worth a pickup in uh, some of the mid rounds uh, as a potential flex play with definite wide receiver two improvement. Uh, you can also target uh, Cortland Sutton as a wide potential wide receiver one, regardless of who is in at quarterback. That man produces. I'm speaking from experience. I have had him on my fantasy team back to back years. I was crushed when he went out with an ACL injury because he is 12 plus points guaranteed every single week, if not more. I love him. KJ Hamler, a little bit of a question mark in my mind, wasn't super dominant. I would let him pass for now. I would pass on him out of the draft. Not really worth a spot for me at the time being, but worth a red flag 
right alongside Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick also has some fantasy value from here to there. He is a regular old speedster, and I like having speedsters on my lineup because they can rip the top off the defense from time to time in those nice streaming spots. So those two guys worth a red flag, but the two guys I would definitely say target first uh, in the early rounds, Cortland Sutton, if you want a solid wide receiver one, wide receiver two, definite wide receiver two, and then Jerry Judy a little bit behind him. Definite flex, wide receiver two potential in my mind. As far as that goes, what are you feeling there? Yeah, we're pretty similar here. Cortland Sutton, number 19 wide receiver fantasy in 2019. So that is really solid. I think he could be right around there, if not higher. So I'm basically right where you are. And I feel like people are going to be overlooking him if they haven't uh, paid attention to him lately. Yeah. And then I feel like people might be overdrafting Jerry Judy a little bit here. He was only the number 45 wide receiver last year. And as you mentioned, if they get some better quarterback play, that is unquestionably going to pick up. Tim Patrick, who I agree with you, I'm red flagging him as well. He ended up being just above Jerry Judy last year in fantasy, which might surprise people. So for that matter, uh, I'm going to be stashing Jerry Judy, and I don't think I'm going to get my hands on him because I think someone's going to overdraft him. Uh, Same thing with you. Red flag for Tim Patrick. I mentioned he had a little bit higher value than Jerry Judy did last year, but I think his value goes way down with Cortland Sutton back in the lineup. And same thing with KJ Hamler. I'm passing on him. He was a 6.9 average last year. And again, with Corlin Sutton back, I got no interest in him. So, yeah, give me Corlin Sutton. And, uh, you know, I'd like to have Jerry Judy. I just don't think uh, it's going to fall into my plans. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I definitely think he does Someone's get getting overdrafted. Over, someone's overdrafted. Yeah, I think he will get overdrafted. I think he cleans up that 18% Most drop rate. But I still don't necessarily know that uh, he's going to have one of the best fantasy seasons. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, the more I talk about it now, it it might even be more of a flex lean for me. It, yeah. it might have to be a streaming spot for him, but give me all of Cortland Sutton. Right. No more on hat. As far as tight ends go, no real depth, no solid depth in Denver. Uh, I told you at the beginning of the show, they pretty much put all of their eggs in the Noah Fant basket. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a solid tight end last year. I also told you at the beginning of the show that uh, he hawked a shitload of the receptions uh, from this wide receiving core in general. So I think that, that continues, especially in the red zone. I think he has potential to put up a lot of those double-digit point weeks, 10-plus at the bare minimum. He is definitely worth a scoop for me if you – because it tends to be anymore that George Kittle, Waller the Baller – Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Those guys are going to get just scooped up ridiculously high because people want fantasy points at the tight end position, and then they get screwed at every other position. It happens every single year. So I think Noah Fant falls a little lower. I think that you can get him maybe 6th, 7th, maybe 8th tight end off the board if uh, if you're lucky. And I think he is definitely worth a start. He is TE1 material for me. I think you need to have somebody in backup just in case something happens health-wise with him because it very well could happen and the Broncos could be screwed there. Kind of where you mentioned there too, partner, but as far as your thoughts on uh, Noah Fant in the tight end room. Yeah, we're pretty similar here. He was the number eight tight end last year, which I think he can get higher than that this year. But there is a such a big drop-off, as you mentioned, from some of those top guys to the next tier. There really isn't much of a middle tier there. There's a tiny bit, but you know the names don't really jump off the page to you. So I feel like Noah Fant might get overdrafted. People might be drafting sure. him as a top five tight end, and I don't know that he gets to that level. I would like to have him as my tight end. I think he's going to be a uh, top 10 tight end again. But once again, I'm waiting on him to uh, some of the later rounds here. 150% agreed. Um, Outside of that, that is the main offensive positional groupings. But you can't leave them out. They're people too. Kickers. 
And they actually have a uh, damn good kicker, one that I do believe in the very late rounds, if you're still kicking around trying to get roster spots and all of those good PPR guys keep leaving the board every time you go to select one. Hey, just pick up a kicker. You need him at the end of the day anyway. Brandon McManus hasn't been off the charts, but has been in the consistent top five kicker category as far as fantasy goes uh, for a while now. So I think he's definitely uh, worth an ad if you're tossing it around. I'm not going out of my way to target him. Uh, But if he is, if I also don't get a kicker and he's sitting on the waiver wire, I'll definitely pick him up too. Yeah, can't add too much more than that. Mile high, baby. Got to get those long field goals. Get the boot. Other than that, other side of the ball defense we're both extremely high on the defense and i think that this defense is 150 percent worth a spot in your draft i don't know where they fall i don't know where you get them i think some people might know this and see all the health that they're bringing back and draft them pretty damn high so it might be hard to get your hands on them uh, if you're worried about skill position players but i think this is going to be one of the top five if not top three defensive defensive units fantasy wise this year i'm extremely high on him i think like i said i think they're going to get a lot of interceptions a lot of tip passes a lot of qb hits sacks everything in between and i think too that uh, they might even rifle off a few special teams touchdowns just to help us out a little bit too so i'm extremely high on them if i get my hands on them start 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 yeah no question yeah i'm for the most part right there i'm not sure how high we see them go they were the number 22 defense last year now that's no indication on what they'll be this year because of all the pieces they added and some of the teams they faced last year it's a big difference this year they're mm-hmm. gonna have some young quarterbacks to beat up on so i'll be right there with you man i'll be starting them uh once again i'm not sure i i would say confidently top 10 i would i feel fairly confident that they can get to top five though i agree with you okay i, I know you agree with you. <laughs> well all that being said ladies and gentlemen that would be the full Start, stash, or pass segment in our best fantasy advice as a TTL crew. You know, it kind of sucks that we give away our uh, draft strategies now, especially to each other. Ah, Shut up, bitch. Maybe I've been lying every single day. I think I have been too, but who knows? Uh, maybe my toes are crossed underneath the table. I have no <laughs> idea. Either way, who's to say? Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. All one, two, three, four segments for the NFL Special Edition today. Episode 99, the Denver Broncos. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you got some value out of that. I hope uh, you were able to take some notes maybe along the way, maybe some of the betting stuff, some of the uh, fantasy stuff, uh, stuff that you can definitely apply uh, here coming up within just a few short weeks, my friends. The uh, NFL season is less than a month away officially, and we cannot wait. We have plenty of updates to discuss in regards to that. But before we do, let's put a cherry on top of this. Thank you so much for listening to the entire season preview or watching for the Denver Broncos. Now, before we get into the juicy. Partner, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 99 of the TTL pod on this beautiful August 10th, 2021. Alrighty, how about some more Denver Broncos centered sidebar here? Lay it on me. Uh, so you know I've been doing some stat updates, career stat updates. Mr. Von Miller, we talked about a lot in this show. Believe it or not, he is not as high as you might expect, but still pretty doggone high. Twenty fifth all time in career sacks, 
106. He is technically second behind uh, active behind Terrell Suggs. However, Suggs hasn't played for a minute, so technically first. Uh, J.J. Watt, as far as active, 101. But, uh, you know, if Von Miller wants to get in that top 10, he's going to have to play for a couple more years. 32 is needed for top 10. So if he has another, you know, even four seasons where he's right around eight sacks, that'll get him right where he needs to be to get in that top 10 range. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, but I have to believe he wants to be up uh, up in that conversation of top 10 sacks all time. I would have to say so, too. I didn't realize that he was that far back. Uh, you would think it'd be a little higher. There's a lot yeah. of guys that got a lot of sacks. The goofy thing is, though, is that uh, I don't know who it was, but, like, the main database people, I think it was Football Reference, they, like, were able to dig up a lot of the, like, old, old sack uh, numbers that weren't ever generated because uh, they weren't recording them. Cast, okay. And they went back uh, and figured it out. So there's, like, an unofficial list and an official list. So this is the official list. If you go with the unofficial list for some of those guys, like, pre-1970, the list is a lot longer. But as far as officially, he's still number 25. All right, number five. And then and then you said there's second active behind uh, Terrell, Suggs. Terrell Suggs. But he hasn't oh, played. Oh, so it's active. Active, active leaders. Gotcha. Yeah, active gotcha. players. Yep. All right, well, perfect. Thank you very much, sir. You heard it here first, Mr. Von Miller, 25th all-time in sack leaders, second active, only behind Terrell Suggs. Kind of first. Kind of first. He's, he's Yeah, he's pretty much first. But uh, will we see some improvement on that going into this season? If you just listen to that entire season preview, both me and you think so. But he's going to have to have one hell of a season to get comeback player of the year, so be a little bit leery. But once again, thank you for the sidebar, partner. I appreciate it. All right, my friends, we got plenty to talk about here real quick before I give you some motivation minutes and get you guys on about your Tuesday. First things first, we've been teasing it the whole damn episode. Episode number one, zero, zero. 100, tomorrow. Fucking milestone. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? First of all, thank you. Thank you so much. We we would not have been able to make it to number 100 without you guys. I am baffled at how fast this time has flown, how many adjustments, how many different things we've been able to do, the amazing connections uh, we've been able to make, are continuing to make, the stuff we have on the horizon. I mean, it, it is... I can't put it into words. We started a newsletter because we were having success betting and just wanted to help other people have success too and really had no envision of this and now here we are and episode 100 wouldn't be possible without you guys and I cannot tell you how appreciative we are but I can show you and we'll show you a few things and we can give back to you just a little bit so first things first for those of you watching live you have access to this first so everybody who decided not to watch live, somebody just left, you got on out of here, whatever the case might be, you done fucked up, Chuck. Because, let me tell you first things first, tomorrow we're going to have the first ever TTL Sports Media Giveaway. Let's go. A little bit of hype, partner. A little bit of hype Sorry. for me. A little bit of hype for me. Woo! Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, that all being said, we're obviously still small scale. We obviously still haven't blown up through the roof, but we want to give back to you guys, our loyal following. Now, we have a couple of announcements in regard to that. So what we're going to be doing for the giveaway 
is going to be Colts Agenda Stack Showdown. Guess off. I don't know, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But name, workshop in the name here. Workshop in the name. Colts Agenda <laughs> Showdown. Now, Colts Agenda Stack, what the hell is that? Well, little do you know, after every single show, I save the agenda just for old time's sake. Who knows whenever we might need them for one day. Who knows what the case might be. And there's generally, I, you know, there's really not a general number of them. It's kind of always a crapshoot depending on what we talk about. So that being said, I save all of these and I realize, damn, I have started quite the stack of these things over the course of this time. And now you might say, oh, episode 100, 100 sheets. Eh, not so sure there, partner, because uh, we got plenty of sheets per show. So what we're going to do is I'll add today's to the sheet and I won't add tomorrow's. I won't okay. add tomorrow. So okay. we'll stop at here today. I'll show it on tomorrow's show multiple times i won't just flash it up and that's it i'll show it multiple times i'll roll it around i'll let you guys get all eyes on it after that you guys will need to make a guess now it's not just going to be anywhere you're not just going to throw this out into hyperspace you make your selection or your guess your educated opinion of how many pieces of paper are in my agenda stack and the closest person to the actual number without going over is going to be the winner. Now, where do you post your guess? You have to go to episode number 100. Nowhere else. Nowhere else are you going to find this. I will probably post this update video to Twitter just so more people can know about it. Have more of a chance if you didn't see the episode today. But you'll post your guess in the comment section of episode number 100 and we will leave that open the contest open until friday once that is done friday over with wrap complete after the show we'll, we'll close it friday after the show so we'll remind you guys hey if you ain't got it in you ain't got it in, you ain't got it in friday after the show it is over it's a wrap we will get off of the show we will take a look at all of the entries, we will find the winner, and we will contact you via Twitter. Now, if you could be so kind as to when you drop your guess, your number, drop your Twitter handle there as well. Not only might get you a bunch of followers, it'll also be easy for us to reach out to you there too. So. Drop your Twitter handle in there, or um, if you're you're more comfortable and we select you, we'll comment on that and we'll have you reach out to us, whatever the case might be. If you don't want to put your Twitter handle there, we'll comment on your selection. So just keep an eye out. Make sure you stay locked in if you don't put your Twitter handle on there. But one more time, so we're all on the same doggone page. Go ahead, because I think I need to get on the same page still here. Colts Agenda Stack. Yep. Going to show it live tomorrow. Right. Every episode all the way through Friday. Going to show it on Wednesday's show, Thursday's show, and Friday's show. Right. It will be closed when Friday's show is open, or when Friday's show is over. We will not take another one. If it is input after Friday's show is over, we can see it by the timestamp. We will not accept it. Correct. We will then proceed to go through all of those on this upcoming Friday. That will be August the 12th, or no, the 13th. Friday the 13th, yeesh. We'll go through all of those. And once we have found the winner, we will reach out to you 
And the only way we'll be able to reach out to you is if you put your Twitter handle in the comment section. Now, if you don't have a Twitter handle, you can either put no Twitter or reach out, whatever the case might be, something to indicate to us that you don't have the Twitter we can reach out to, and we will either comment on your post, like your post, or something in relation to get you reached out to. We promise we'll get you that. Now, that's how you win everything. That's how you do everything. What are we giving away? All right. Well, hey, hey, settle down, everybody. Now, told you it wasn't going to be crazy. It's not going to be anything off the charts, but... We got a set of Moneyline dice coming your way. Oh, baby. Pristine cubicle objects ready to be shipped to your location. We also will have our great partners over at Rogue Energy have hooked us up with a starter kit. Some of their uh, starter sample uh, energy powders as well as a few other things. And then you'll also get a sick Rogue Energy blender bottle that... We'll actually wait around. Just came up with this too. I'll wait around until we select a winner to uh, actually have that sent to us. That way we can give you uh, the color shaker bottle that you want out of the selections we have available. So even more value for you there. And then everybody loves an Amazon. So sure we'll uh, toss in a little $25 Amazon gift card there for you too, just for some fun. So partnering with our partners and then giving you a little extra cash, a little Amazon money on the side. We'll uh, either send that to you via email. We'll, we'll work out all the kinks and everything with you, the winner. You might be watching now. We'll work all that out with you once we reach out to you via DMs or whatever. So hopefully you're on Twitter so it's really easy for us to communicate back and forth. But all that being said, that is the TTL Cruise Colts Agenda Stack Giveaway. It'll be starting on tomorrow's show. Might even kick off the show with it. Hey, here's the stack. First thing, right in prime time. Start dropping those comments in. Get those suckers in. You know the drill. Then we'll just uh, let the show roll on. Maybe flash them up again. Let the show roll on. Oh, hey, 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 here's that agenda stack. And then we'll leave it be. We'll leave it be for a while. We'll see him on Thursday. And then uh, we'll see him on Friday briefly. After the show, we'll pick a winner. We'll see who did it. So uh, make your selections. How many pieces of paper on there? And again. I'll go through the rules again, all the stuff, how you enter, obviously, when the giveaway officially starts tomorrow. But for those of you that tuned in live, you know about it first. You have the opportunity to be here live, right, and in prime time, first thing first tomorrow, and get your guests in right off the jump. So, you have been forewarned. You have been told about the prize to come your way. Are you to be selected for being the correct guesser? That's update number one. For episode number 100. What T else we got going TTL on? crew giveaway. Well, looked ahead. And the team of the day tomorrow is the Detroit Lions. Okay. Now, I'm not saying I don't like Motor City Dan Campbell. I'm not saying I don't like the Detroit Lions. I don't I, like the Detroit Lions. Which I really Lions. don't with them being in the <laughs> NFC North. But there's not a whole lot of value across the no. board. And uh, it's kind of become the consistent trend over the course of the last decade. Now, I think eventually Dan Campbell will get this team turned around. I just don't think it's in 2021. So might have been a little bit boring of an episode tomorrow. You know, episode 100, we got to go out. We got to start it off with a bang. We got to have things popping. So we have come up with the idea to move need a little bit, the old needle, if you will. We are going to come on live tomorrow's show graced by the presence of 24 beautifully deliciously baked donuts i'm getting hungry right now 
during the course of tomorrow's show, and I will have to hash this out with my partner because it just came into my mind as maybe a potential showdown here because us being the good competitors we are. Yeah. We will each have one dozen donuts in front of us at the time of live streaming. Over the course of the usual hour, hour and a half, it will be our objective to slam the absolute shit out of said donuts. Now, we could have stopped at six. We could have stopped at seven. Fuck, we could have stopped at ten. But why not round up to the full dozen? We ain't scared. We might be leaning like this by the time you see us on tomorrow's show. We might need a wastebasket, so... Might be rolling into uh, Thursday's show. So hashtag NSFW in advance. Yeah. yeah Maybe something yeah. might happen. Yeah. I don't know. I have never fucking slammed down 12 donuts in a setting in an hour in my life. What do you think the most if is? If you don't know had? NSFW, not safe for work, might not be safe for work tomorrow's show. I'm going to drop some F-bombs. I know I am. Yeah, it's going to be pretty fucked. I'll probably tell you that. Um, <laughs> outside of that, I have... Never, I've done plenty of food challenges. Of course. Last food challenge I did, now granted it was not the same in any regard, but it was two foot-long hot dogs and a pound and a half of chili cheese fries, which ended in complete disaster, okay, which yeah. may be why the fries were called disaster fries. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Maybe I've put that together now for the first time in my life. As far as donuts go, man, I don't know if I've ever had more than four over like a two, three hour period. Shit, over a course of a day, yeah. man. You know, you just keep coming back to the box and picking at it, whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, I may or may not be at a slight advantage. Oh, you think? Because of maybe some potentially performance enhancing drugs. Oh, okay. So... I don't want, I also, I don't get too hungry during the show. I'm not a more, I, I love breakfast food. I'm not a bit, I, I save my big eatings for the evening. That's what I'm saying. So, hey, man, even Michael though. Michael, late uh, on dinner tonight. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to be doing. I don't know what's going to happen. All I do know is that either Spunky Dunkers or Dunkin' Donuts, 24 of those bad boys will be present in the TTL production studios tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. sharp. And by 11.30, all 24 of those bad boys will be inside of the Talking the Line sports media crew. It's going to be wild. It's going to be electric. Hopefully we don't spew chunks, but you have been forewarned and you know what will be coming we're all about moving the needle, and we thought, what what better way to do it on episode number 100 than absolutely gorge ourselves while trying to bring you the best analysis we can analysis we can on the Detroit Lions? Quite the quite the play, if I do say so myself. But hey, the Detroit Lions—they might have a couple wins in them. Hey, they might have a couple <laughs> wins in them. We'll see what happens. We'll see what goes down. Fuck However, hard and oh, in, incredibly hard schedule. Entirely new coaching staff, head coach, OC, DC. It's it, it's just no good. So we gotta we gotta make it fun. We gotta make it enjoyable. So we will be doing a dozen donut showdown on tomorrow's show. That's the second update. Me and our mags piling them down all episode 100 long and we might just be competing for a little something further on the show that might be a surprise as well but we're gonna have to ask that out once we get off of the show 
you know, competing for who finishes the donuts first. Don't look so... What do you mean? Like, is there a prize? Is that what you're saying? No, like, oh, you might oh, have to do okay, something okay. further. You might have to eat a fucking jalapeno pepper oh, after okay. you took down all 12 because you lost because you got 10 uh, when I got down 12. Okay, 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 and then okay. you got to finish the 12 okay, after okay, I okay, whooped okay, your okay, ass okay, and then go eat that jalapeno okay, okay, okay. pepper. Okay. I see now we're saying. on the same I page. thought you were trying to, like, say we were getting a prize for whoever wins or something. Yeah, I'll give you another. I give you another donut. All right, yeah, Merry Christmas. Sure. No, so we'll we'll, we'll talk about something showdown wise. Little competition there going on, but that does it. Episode number one hundred. I can't wait. It's definitely going to be a lot different than what you're used to seeing. Uh, we've never live ate on a show before. Don't know sure how uh, this is going to go. It's. I mean, it is. Uh, it's once in a lifetime type gig here, people. So. Please, if uh, you are live right now, once again, you know about this. So I'm telling you right now, you are not going to want to miss episode 100. All of these simpletons that have just been skipping over the live show or maybe not even tuning in in general, just like, ah, I don't need to watch that yet. <laughs> They're missing out on this. And you guys are getting early, early access to it. So uh, make sure you lock in episode number 100 tomorrow. Quickly. Some updates for the daily show uh, going into the next few weeks here. Now, um, we wanted to time it out perfectly, so we are back to business as usual on September 9th, the first Thursday night football game of the NFL season. So we have it pretty well figured out. Everything seems to be in good shape. So on August the 19th, the Daily Show will have two teams. Two teams actually out of the AFC West, wouldn't you know it? The Raiders and the Chargers. So we'll be talking about them together. Might be a little bit longer of a show. We'll keep it as tight and concise as we can. Then on August the 27th, we're going to be doing both New York teams together. We'll do the Giants and the Jets. That'll also be a little bit longer than usual, but once again, we'll keep it as concise as possible. Then on September the 3rd, Friday, September the 3rd, we are going to skip the NFL Special Edition for the day. We are going to do a college football Special Edition. The season will officially be underway. It will get really pumping and chugging on the 4th, 5th, and then the, definitely the weekend after. So we will bring in, be bringing you a full college football special edition on September the 3rd. So if you are a college football nut like us, write that date down. Next date of importance, September the 8th. That Wednesday, before the first Thursday night game between the Bucks and the boys, that will be our last NFL special edition before we go back to business as usual, and that will be the Washington football team. Last but certainly not least, 9-9, just told you, back to business as usual, but it might look a little bit different than what you guys saw over the course of the MLB season a little bit before that. We might have, obviously we're going to have dead days on Tuesday and Wednesday, so Thursday, Friday, Monday being the main days we'll be giving out picks. Obviously we'll have the Monday night game, the Thursday night game, and then Friday to segue you guys into the Sunday games. Right. But Tuesday and Wednesday are going to be a little bit tricky. Now we might do a little bit of fantasy, maybe some dynasty DFS, some redraft, all that stuff. We might talk about other betting markets that are starting to get uh, profitable. We might bring back in MLB, uh, just some of our pick stuff there. Playoff season will be full steaming down the tracks at that point. So we'll uh, jury's still out kind of uh, what the Tuesday and Wednesday shows will look once we are back to business as usual, once we get in the NFL season. But I can promise you, it will be valuable content. You know you don't get nothing else from us here at the TTL crew. So keep tuning in. Those are dates to note, to remember. 
some of the things you're going to see over the course of the next couple weeks. Last but certainly not least, one of the biggest things you're going to see over the course of the next couple weeks and at the end of the month is going to be a new show. We are working on an additional show because why do less? We need more. We want to build our brand. We want to network. So, that all being said, only teaser I'm going to give you is it may or may not be on Wednesdays. Oh. It may or may not be a recorded show. Hmm. And it may or may not be in the interview format. Really? I don't know either way. I can't really call it. Who's to say? I don't know whether or not I'm accurate, whether or not I'm very false. I couldn't tell you. What I do know is there is something in the works in the background on a new additional show, and it's going to be absolutely fucking electric. We have already made some very solid connections uh, in regards to it, and I am so damn excited to maybe talk to some of these people. I don't know. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Who's this I have no idea um, because some of them are absolutely fucking electric factories, but I don't know. Maybe they aren't. Maybe they are not. Maybe they are. I have no idea. Um, what I do know is is that you guys should definitely stay locked into those updates because maybe September 1st will be a big day. Maybe September 1st will be a big day. Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? But that's what you should know. There is a new show on the horizon coming from the TTL crew. That all being said, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for the updates that you needed to know about. I told you it was going to be a little bit uh, longer in regards to that today. Needed to tell you guys about episode 100. Also needed to uh, get you up to date. Everything coming your way. That way you're already locked in. You ain't got to have a question mark over your head when you show up to a daily show and it doesn't look like you're used to it. See, and you say, hey guys, what the fuck's going on here? I came for my usual cup of joe and and I got green tea. What, what's, what's, what's happening here, fellas? I ain't got no time for it. Well, hey. Just come on back to episode 99. You can remember all the updates or just get out your pen and paper, rewind a little bit, and write them sons of bitches down. Let's keep this show moving right along. Wrap it up just briefly. Quick reminder, make sure you follow us on Twitter at TalkingTheLine. You can find that also in our link tree right alongside the TalkingTheLine.com website. All of our social platforms and additional content. You can find all of that in the Talking the Line link tree. That is in this episode's description. We put it all in one convenient location. So you ain't got to go chasing it all over the interweb. You just got to click on one little box and it takes you right there. So make sure you follow us everywhere there and stay locked in for all of our updates. Also, if you're still looking for MLB Best Bets, you need some value, you're trying to cash some tickets right alongside the crew, we're still doing it. Follow us on the Action app. As a reminder, I am at cash underscore with underscore Colt. My partner Riley is at RMAGS in all caps. And then once we get back to business as usual, you can follow the TTL Best Bets at Talking the Line. As always, you can also get all of our best bets and more on the TalkingTheLine.com website if you don't have the Action app or don't care to peruse through our picks there. Right. Outside of that, nothing else major. I got uh, on my end of the spectrum. Partner, anything I missed, anything I uh, didn't talk about here before, I give these guys some motivation minutes and get them on about their Tuesday. I don't think so, man. I'm just, uh, you know, already contemplating my strategy as far as keeping my stomach open and empty tomorrow morning. Because I don't know what uh, what I'm going to do. I'm already intermittent fasting, so <laughs> one step ahead of you, pal. <laughs> 
we uh we saw Joe Rogan over the weekend and uh, Laura Beats had a little bit on intermittent fasting. It was absolutely electric. If you haven't seen Laura Beats, I suggest she's an up and coming uh, comedian from Milwaukee area and she is absolutely hilarious. Check her out. That's neither here nor there. Let's wrap up today's show, my friends. You're so kind to uh, give us your hard-earned time, your support, your following. We love to pay it back to you every single day, and I love to pay it back to you at the end of every show with my Motivation Minutes. So let's quickly get into those today and send you on about your way. So I just wanted to give you a quick message today um, on, on something that all of us go through, something that we all face on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis, month-to-month, year-to-year. There's no avoiding it. There's no getting around it. And the faster that you realize that and start to take this perspective and mindset that I'm about to share with you, the faster that this thing called life becomes just a little bit easier. And my message today is on pain-producing pleasure. And I know that might sound a little strange, and you might hear pain-producing pleasure right off the bat. What the hell is kind of taboo stuff is Colton about to talk about today? And, and that's not where I'm going. I'm talking about this in more of a spiritual sense. And, <laughs> I'm, uh, and in, that, in that aspect, pain being that adversity, being that worry, that anxiety, that fear, that going out on a limb and taking the leap of faith and not knowing if you're going to be able to spread your wings and fly or not. All those things, that version of pain, not punching somebody or pinching an arm, not that pain, the, the spiritual, the emotional pain that we all deal with. Nobody escapes it. Everybody can be like that all day long on social media, but I guarantee you that a good majority of them aren't like that when those cameras are off. Now, you guys know me. I'm, I'm, if you know me personally, you know I'm always like this. <laughs> Outside of every show, I don't really change um, at all, for that matter. Um, and we're, we're, all, we're all that human being, no matter what. No matter what, we deal with pain. No matter if you live in the Colts Motivation Minutes world like me, like it is mine, obviously, but, or if maybe you live in kind of that, that negative world, we all face pain. We all face pain and you cannot escape it. But the faster you realize that that pain in your life is there to produce pleasure and for only that reason, the faster that you're going to be able to overcome those adversities, you're going to get rid of that worry, fear, and anxiety. You're going to reach those goals. You're going to smash through those barriers. And this thing called life is going to look a little bit more successful to you. And the pain that we all have to deal with is only there to improve you. In order for new life to come about, old life has to die. And in the course of that old life dying, that is the pain we feel in this life. Death is not fun. Death is not enjoyable. But it must happen in order for new life to come about. And the adversity, the pain, the hurt, the sorrow, the tears, the discomfort that we all face from time to time is just our old lives dying away. It doesn't want to die away. And that's why it hurts so damn bad. But you have to let it go. 
you have to let it die away and unlock that new birth and new version of yourself. Because I've told, told this to you time and time again, adversity can become your best friend when you realize it's just there to help you learn and grow. That's all this pain is here for. I know it doesn't seem like it, but if you strive for the mindset of this pain is here to give me pleasure at some point, I don't know what form, I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but I'm going to believe and I'm going to know that this pain is just the old me dying away and teaching me how to live that new version, that new birth once I reach the other side. Pain produces pleasure, my friends, but you have to have the right mindset in order for it to do so. Stop fighting the pain in your life. Stop adding to it. Stop piling on the negativity and the nonsense that you don't need. Start embracing the pain. Start embracing the adversity. And watch countless blessings, countless pleasures start rolling right along your path every single day. Now is your time, my friends. Now is your time to embrace the pain and start using it to produce pleasure in your life. And that does it for my motivation minutes of the day. Great stuff, my man. You mentioned it. Uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't always, it's not always clear what's happening and why it's happening, but you always have to trust that it's uh, going to produce a stronger product in the end. Process over product. Trust the process. Keep fucking going. The best is yet to come, my friends. It is right around the corner. It is right there. Do not give up. Do not give up. This pain you're in right now, it's going to give you pleasure later. I promise. And you know I never lie. I always got your back. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That officially does it for my motivation minutes of the day. You always think about that. When you say, you know, I never lie, you automatically think like, what was the last little fib that I told you about? Something <laughs> like, oh, shit, who might be watching this that I might have told a fib to? Um, outside of that, ladies and gentlemen, that does it. Episode number 99 of the Talk in the Line podcast. I cannot tell you how much we appreciate you coming to every damn live show, giving us your support, your following across our social channels, uh, reading our blogs, visiting the website. Everything that we put out there is for you guys, and the fact that you are consuming it just makes us get up every single damn day with a fire in our bellies, wanting more success, wanting to give you guys more. You guys, you guys are our fire, our drive, and uh, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you guys being here every single day, day in and day out, and we're going to keep showing up too, so hope you don't go anywhere, uh, especially don't go anywhere for tomorrow's show, because we got big shit coming. Episode number 100, we are turning the century, ladies and gentlemen, in regards to the Talking the Line podcast. We are turning 100 episodes old. I cannot freaking believe it. We got the TTL crew giveaway tomorrow. The It's Colt's Agenda Stack giveaway, actually, if you will. But we'll start that thing first things first on tomorrow's show. And then I'll remind you guys all the rules, details, ramifications, how you can get in on the giveaway. We also got the Dozen Donuts Showdown between me and Mags on, to on tomorrow's episode. Number 100, we'll be talking about the Detroit Lions, but also stuffing our faces full and competing to 
gorge down. 24 donuts. Give me them sprinkles. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it shakes out. Make sure you're there present live on episode number 100 to see what the hell happens and if either one of us are falling out of our chairs or projectilely <laughs> puking <laughs> by the end of it. That all being said, ladies and gentlemen, you got all the updates. You got everything. Make sure you visit the link tree and uh, check us out on Twitter. We'll always keep you updated there and bring you the latest and greatest from the worlds of sports and sports gambling. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Denver Bronco fans, fans of the NFL Shield, fantasy football players, everybody in between, far and wide from myself. And Mags, we can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by episode 99 of the Talking the Line podcast. We'll see you around the bend for tomorrow's loaded and wild episode number 100. And in the meantime, be sure to check out our best bets of the day. And as always, let's cash some tickets. <laughs>